there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. I hope that you are doing the best that you can right now. And, you know, who knows by the time this episode comes out if we're all still locked in our houses or not. But that's where my guest and I are right now. Uh, with me today, I have Tony Jacobs. Tony and I have connected on Instagram, and he is a listener of the show. According to him, maybe I'll quiz him later on some episodes and we'll see what he knows. But I'm just excited to bring him, you know, here today to share his story, talk about his experiences and, you know, introduce another great guy to you. So, Tony, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Gormy, how are things going for you? I'm doing OK, man. I'm doing OK. You know, things yeah. are the sun's out today, so it looks like it's going to be a little bit warmer. So, you know, I'm looking for always looking to see what the good things are, you know, look yeah. for the good things every day, you know, got to. Got to stay positive. You know, I woke up today and I'm breathing, so things could be worse. You know, things could definitely be worse. We're living in some crazy times right now, you know, and uh, glad we had the opportunity to have a conversation. So definitely, definitely. I mean, heck, normally I would be uh, working right now and not able to talk to you. So now instead, we're getting to spend a little morning time together. So I appreciate your time today, man. For sure. So, Tony, we're going to get started. Okay, let's dive right into it. You know what the first question is, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Tell me, Tony, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Oh, man. Well, um, first of all, I, uh, I, I am a fat guy, and I am still in the process of trying to uh, become less of that. Um, but I'm going to take you back to, you, you know, all the way back to being, being a kid and, uh, born, born and raised in Orange County, California. And I was, I was a latchkey kid raised by my mother in the seventies, which in the seventies, you know, the, you know, not having a dad was, I, I think I was the only kid in my class that, that didn't have a mom and a dad, you know, and, uh, I was always making up fun, funny stories about what happened to my dad and everything from, you know, he was a race car driver that, you know, died in a car crash. Like I was extremely imaginative, but it was always, even at an early age, making excuses for why I was different than a lot of my classmates. Um, and to this day, I've never met, you know, uh, my biological dad. And so I think that kind of started to play into, into some of my issues that I would start to have as, as an older person. But, um, my mom uh, had a horrible relationship with food, and, and from my earliest memories of my mom, um, she has struggled with obesity um, her entire life, and even to this day in, um, in her 70s, uh, still struggling with obesity. And um, so at an early age, you know, I started, a, having, a poor relation, started having a poor relationship with food, and um, and I never really understood what that looked like. And food was around at all times. And so, you know, we, we were snacking. Mom kept, you know, horrible snacks in the house. And, and we were always celebrating something, right? Every time we celebrated, it always seemed to be around food. And I'm also, you know, an Italian. And so Italians love their food and they love to celebrate with food. And so it becomes a big part of the identity of anything that you do good in your life is going to come out of, you know, we're going to celebrate with food and we're going to eat way too much. And, um, and so I think that was, that was the start of, of, of a lot of this for me. Um, so fast forward a little bit to age 11 and I want to bring this in just because it's an important part of my journey. 
Um, but as a young as a young man at age 11, I found I found faith, and faith became a, a big part of uh, of my journey moving forward. Um, and throughout my whole like childhood and stuff, I wasn't I wasn't your typical like obese chubby kid, but I definitely always had you know that that tire around you know the love handles and um back when you know mom would go shopping for for jeans we i was always in the husky section and you know i i always had the football coaches at school wanting to recruit me because they wanted to you know stick me up on the on the line and say hey just 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 be big and just be fat and knock people over and so so in some ways that became you know part of part of my identity um so fast forward that for a few years and um I, I was heavily involved in, in music, and I got to play in a in a in a Christian metal band back in the day. I had all the hair and and all. Yeah, it was great, man. And we had a great time doing that. It had a positive message. And and you know the crazy part about my story is that even as a young even as a young man, um, I had a I had a deep care and a deep love for people, and. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure where that came from, but when I, when I came, you know, into faith that started to kind of make sense a little bit more. And I always had a burden for people. Um, I've been married for almost 30 years and I have three daughters. And during that journey, I jumped into, so after the band days kind of dissolved, I jumped into, uh, student ministry and I started working with teenagers, started working with their families and that care that I had for people was you know being executed through through that platform and i loved it and it's still something that i'm you know passionate about and doing you know in my current life today um the issue with that though was that i had spent so much of the last three decades of my life um caring uh for other people and pouring into other people and stopping and taking the time for other people um that i never really cared much for myself and you know that's that's a that's a horrible trait for a for a leader. You know, a leader really should be somebody that's caring for themselves as well, setting boundaries. But unfortunately, it took me, you know, three decades to kind of figure that out. And of course, you know, with with being around students and doing student ministry, there's all the pizza, all the nachos, all the Mountain Dew that you can possibly ever, you know, ever want. And so we were always on the go. We were always off to the next thing, the next event. And my relationship with food just continued to get worse and worse and worse. And, and, you know, I, I think I was, when I got married, I want to say I was somewhere probably about 235, 240, right in there. And, um, and, and you fast forward that all the way till August of 2018 and I stepped on the scale one day and I was at 362. And over the course of, of, of three decades, you know, I just gradually put on uh, the weight. I, I was living well in the 300s for at least a good decade, but it really started to creep up, um, you know, over over the last few years. Um, you know, one thing I want to touch on too, Gormy, is, is you know, being raised by my mom and not having a, a complete family, I was left alone a lot. You know, I was that latchkey kid. I was, I was dropped off a lot at fa other families. Uh, people, people that I had no idea who they were would babysit me, 
and I dealt with, uh, I, you know, and I still do to this day, I still deal with a lot of just uh, that the idea of abandonment and, and feeling alone. And, um, and so I think anytime like those things started to, to fall into play, instead of feeling alone, I, you had to feed it with something. And as a kid, what, what do you have access to? Well, you have access to food, right? And, and that, and that poured into, into my teenage years. And of course that poured into my adult life. And, um, there are moments where, and I've said this so many times to other people that you can literally be in a room of a hundred people and you could still feel utterly alone, you know, and these, these could be, you know, these could be people that care about you, that know you, that want to know you, that actually pour into you. But because we get into our own mind sometimes, because we get into our own self and because of things that we've never dealt with, those feelings of abandonment and, and feeling alone would, would creep in. And a lot of times food would then become the thing that would be my fix. It was my drug. Um, you know, I am a, I am a food addict, you know, and to this day, and even though I'm trying to reverse some of that and go the opposite direction, it is something that's still, still very real with me. Um, you know, the, the day that I stepped on the scale gourmet, August, um, uh, 2018, I, I had just completed a week long uh, camp, um, here at, uh, the church that I'm working for. And my whole family was in California and I, I definitely was, was alone. Um, and that whole week, I mean, it was just a crazy week and I, I was eating from the time I woke up to the time I was going to bed and just eating, you know, eating everything under the sun and overabundance too. Uh, I was stressed. I was definitely feeling alone because the family was gone. And like I said, even though I was literally with hundreds of kids and families and stuff every day, I felt very isolated. And of course I turned to food, but I realized that day, man, that I was, I was, I was just exhausted and I was sick and I was hurting. And I don't know what triggered. I don't know what made it different from that day, from a week prior to that or a year prior to that. But in that moment, I I realized that something horribly had gone wrong with me as a person. And that if I continued down the path that I was going to, that number of 362 was eventually, I mean, I was 30 some pounds away from 400. And, and, and I know you can, I know you can relate to this, my friend, you know, the four, you know, 400 then it quickly starts to turn into these other numbers and you start and these huge numbers start becoming the new norm for you and you start accepting it and you start just going along with it. And, and the crazy part is I don't even think people realize like what you're doing to yourself because they get used to you. They see you every day. Um, you know, and, and I think they just get used to you as a person, but they don't necessarily realize what's going on emotionally, eternally, mentally, spiritually, like all of that. And, 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 and it's crazy how nobody will say anything like, Hey, we care about you. We want this to stop. We got, we're here for you. Let's do this. You know, you know, I make a joke now. It's funny that, uh, you know, I think I've seen the meme on, on Instagram, you know, where nobody said a word to me when I was eating all this crap food. But now that I've gone, now that I've gone keto, everybody's concerned that I'm going to, that I'm, that I'm going to pass away, you know, because I've added, because I've added fat to my life, you know? (laughs) Um, So, but that, um, you know, that day hit me hard and I knew that if I didn't change and start making a change, um, that was, 
my, I don't think my life was going to last too much longer. Like I really had like this deep, I don't know if it was a conviction, my friend, I don't know what it was, but there was something deep inside of me saying, you're, you're not going to be able to continue to do this much longer. And everything that your life has meant and everything that you've done and everything that you pour into and your purpose, your destiny, however you want to play it, it's going to all get cut short if you don't, you know, stop in your tracks right now. And I was scared, man. I was so scared because what was going to make the, you know, what was going to be different from today? Was this just going to be another, like, uh, you know, another Monday morning, get on the scale, start, stop, start, stop. I did it for 30 years, you know, and I did, I did everything from, from Weight Watchers to South Beach to, here's the crazy part. Back in 2005, I actually lost I want to say around 65, 70 pounds doing Atkins, you know, when that was kind of going. And, and and then I stopped and then it just quickly all just came back because here's here's the bigger part. And I talk about this in some of my Instagram stories. But, man, if we, you know, we we could do the programs because I think a lot of these, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of these programs do a, you know, if you stick to some kind of plan, you're going to you're going to eventually see the results. But the problem is, is if you're not fixing what's happening on the inside of you, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> if you're not fixing what's going on in the inside of you, then you're going to be a, you're going to be a, you know, a skinny person or at least a healthier person on the outside from the physical appearance, but you're still going to be a complete wreck on the inside. And some of the issues, they never get dealt with because our issues then become obsessed with getting on the scale, making sure my macros are, are correct, making sure that I'm doing the program just right, but nothing on the inside ever gets fixed. And that, that was something that I had to face that this wasn't going to just be something that, um, I had to do for myself to lose the weight, but it was going to have to be something that I had to do on the inside of me too. I had to approach this from a holistic standpoint. I wanted, because ultimately Gourmet, I wanted and I still do to this day as I'm speaking to you, I want my life to be whole again. I want to be a complete person with purpose, living the life that I feel like, you know, that I'm supposed to be living. And I didn't feel like just doing the weight part of it was going to be enough. And so I started doing research, of course, and and um, I kept seeing, you know, it seemed like it was just kind of out there trending. Everybody was starting to do this keto thing. And um uh, I think I mentioned to you that that I had read that you know that book uh, by Grant Peterson the that eat bacon don't jog and and uh, and I tried that too you know but I remember reading some of the stuff that the keto was and remember some of the language was was a little familiar and so I started continuing to uh, do some research and um, I started actually reaching out to people from that same week. And Gormy, you were one of those very first people that I reached out to, you know, and because, you know, you, you put in, you put in the hashtag keto and weight loss and all this stuff and all these, you know, amazing people start to pop up and you were there and I started looking at your story. I started going back, you know, just multiple slides, reading what you were saying, watching your story. And I think one day I reached out to you and I just said, Hey, I'm new to the game. And you know, what, what, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and, and I reached out to other people too, and everybody has just been so gracious and kind and, and, uh, filled with information. And, 
And so I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I jumped into, I jumped into starting the journey of, of going keto and, um, and it's, and it's been a journey, my friend, you know, it's been a process. I've been on this for about a year and a half now. Um, I'm, I'm one pound away from losing a hundred pounds right now, you know, and, um, and I, I, I actually want to say that I hit that number one day. And then it was like later in the day, the the number changed. And so I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I'm still, I'm still kind of like right there, right on the cusp of it right now. And, um, you know, and it's those numbers, right. That play with us. Like, Hey, like this is the pinnacle number. You're going to, you're going to kind of be in this area, the sweet spot for a while. Our bodies can be, uh, cannot be our friends sometimes. And so, um, you know, it's been a lot of trial and error. It's been a lot of me asking questions. I mean, how many times have I even approached you and just said, Hey, I have a question about this or, you know, and sometimes for me, I, I send it out a little bit kind of shy and just going, man, is this a stupid question? But it, I, nobody's ever said that to me. You've never said it. Other people that I've reached out to have never said it. Um, most people have been gracious and saying, Hey, stop, stop beating yourself up. You're doing fantastic. You're, you're, you're doing an amazing job. It's a process. It's a journey. And, and I, and I think I've realized that man, that, and even like listening to some of your story recently, how you hit maintenance and stuff, I've realized that the maintenance part, I feel like that's just the beginning. You know, like we, we do this whole process of, of getting to, to a maintenance goal, but then, but then it's like a brand new beginning. Now what? Now what are we going to do? And I'm looking forward to that day, but I'm somebody right here. I'm just a normal guy out there that's doing this, that has lost really close to a hundred pounds. I still have a little ways to go. And I've realized that this is probably going to be my whole life as far as how I continue the process, continue the journey. And man, it's been a wild ride. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to just even be here with you today, you know, so well, there's that is quite the journey, man. Obviously, so there's a, there's a lot there. I I think we sh we should talk about because one, I gotta let you know, like I relate a lot. Like I was the the latchkey kid in the seventies and eighties. You know, I spent a lot of time taking care of my sister after my parents separated, and you know, like a lot of times it was I had to use with the food that was in the house to make dinner for us, and like. I used to try to, you know, make all these different things that my sister even remembers now. She's like, I want you to make this for me. I want you to make that for me. I remember this. And I'm like, oh, we actually ate that back then. <laughs> but I think you're you're one of the one of the, the threads that comes through and what you're talking about, man, is like and you started to talk about this when you're talking about diets. Like I, I just dropped an episode, you know, a couple of days before our recording uh, with Richard Widmark. And the thing that stood out to me from our my discussion with him was. The, he when he made the, the the statement, you know, it's not just about the food. And yeah. I think for for some for some people, uh, being overweight and even getting into some levels of obesity is about food. You know, it is about you know just you know access to food and not knowing and kind of just having you know making bad choices. And that is you know that can happen for some people. But I think for a lot of us, you know, and for most people, our issues with food come from other issues that if we don't work on them and we don't pay attention to them, we can do everything in the world to fix the food. You know, 
You can wire you can wire your mouth shut. You can get put into an inpatient program. You can have gastric bypass surgery. You can do the keto diet. You can do Weight Watchers. You can do whatever you want to do. And I think like I I resonate completely with that. You know, having gone through what I went through in 2012 and 2013. You know, 540 to 210, back to 480 in six months because I had done nothing except worry about the food. And I think that was why when I started my journey this time, it was, it's been such at the forefront for me that I need to think about what, not just what am I eating, but why am I eating what I'm eating and why do I feel this way about food and why do I just feel this way in general and like what's going on for me and okay, I'm really hungry today. What happened today that might have made that happen? And like, I think there's that, that mindfulness and that reflection is needs to be a component of what we work on because like, like you talked about in your story, Tony, like, it wasn't like you were when you were, you know, growing up and dealing with those issues and feeling, you know, the the loss and abandonment issues. You immediately were 400 pounds at 12 years old. You know, for you, I think like most people, your your weight issues then manifested, you know, over time, you know, a little bit chubby, you know, and then, you know, you get into this place of helping other people and not taking care of yourself, which I think is really, really profound reflection that a lot of a lot of people that deal with weight issues, you know, share that, you know, we were great at taking care of other people, we don't do a great job taking care of ourselves. So you spend all of that energy, you know, worrying about other people taking care of other people. And then you realize it's like, because literally, you know, you don't wake up overnight 362 pounds. But it becomes a part of your life, you know, it becomes just this is the way my life is. This is how I am. This is what I do. Like, for me, you know, when I was 500 pounds, like, there's some people that hear that and they freak out. And they're like, how did you, how did you see 500 pounds on the scale and not like cry and get put to the hospital? Like, why didn't you do everything you could to fight it? And it's like, well, it becomes your normal, you know, that's your life. Like, and also, like, I think we get into such a place that using the food, you know, like from the addict perspective and from the coping mechanism perspective, you start to realize that it's almost like the fear of not having the food is bigger than the fear of dying. You know, the, the, the fear of taking away the one thing that you know you can control that you or you believe is the one thing you can control is terrifying. So is it better to live a shorter life and deal with health problems than it is to take that away? Because if you take that away, what do you put in its place? Like, what do you what do you even think about? Like, how do you even go about figuring that out? Like, we're not taught that. You know, these aren't things that you know we're taught. And you know, especially like, you know, gentle. I don't I don't want to call us older gentlemen, but you know, <laughs> we're on the we're we're on the other side of thirty. We'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> you know, there there wasn't a preponder preponderance of information out there. Like, there wasn't the internet. You know, hammering home what is you know, food that fuels your body properly and food that might not do that. And, you know, talking about like corporations engineering food. Like when I was, a, I remember when I was a kid, when a new cookie showed up at the supermarket, it was exciting because there, there was no online, there was no online ad campaign that told you a new cookie was coming or any of those things. It was you walked around the corner and it's like, oh crap, there's a new cookie. I got to get the new cookie. You know, like we, we, it was just a different time information wise. And so how how could you not think that just simply changing what you eat would help? Because that's all we knew. That's all we talked about. Like there wasn't this great Instagram community that allowed people to connect and share stories and share experiences and have resonating experiences, you know, and there's something there like, 
I I can never know exactly what it means to be in Tony's shoes, and you can never know exactly what it means to be in Gourmet's shoes. But there's some commonality to our experience that allows us to come together, at least, you know, and nod and say, I know I, 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 I've experienced something similar to that, you know, and this is what I did. And I went through this and this is what I did. And maybe that will help you. Maybe it won't. But at least we talk about it. I think that's really important. So I think that reflection that you went through is really, really, you know, a challenging thing. Like it, it is hard to take a look at yourself. I mean, like you were saying, like, it's hard to say that it's not just, you know, I eat, I eat an extra pizza on the weekend. Like, it's hard to sit down and say, wow, like, I, I use food in an unhealthy way, whether that's healthy or, he- or unhealthy food. Like, I, I make choices that are putting me into this position. And so you came into this, this you know, the keto community, the Instagram community, and found an, a different way of eating. Uh, I, I'm curious, like, Tony, what was it about keto that resonated for you? Like, what was it to you that made you think this might be something I could do? Well, when I started researching it and started seeing people's stories and seeing the progress that other people were having, it started to resonate with me. I think the other part of it was the idea that um, I loved the idea that I was going to actually be able to eat real food. I like food, obviously, right? Right? We all of us that are in this, we we like to eat, we like food, and so when I really started looking at what the options were for me, I think that really resonated with me, because when I've done past things before, I was, you know, and I was so getting tired of you know non-fat this and 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 even though I still do some unfortunately some sugar-free things, there's so many processed you know things out there. And yet we're a nation that's massively obese and, and we're, we're eating everything that's diet and fake and cardboard. And I wanted to just stray as far as I could away from that. I wanted to look at my plate of, plate of food and go, okay, I have six ingredients on my plate and I know what I'm actually going to put in my body. I think that was something that, that really resonated with me. The other thing that resonated with me, which was kind of a non-food issue, was really this community. And really seeing the the love, the compassion, the support that people were giving each other, I had never seen that on any other platform before. And I, I was thinking, okay, is this too good to be true? Are these people really like this? And the more that I dug in and the more that I started reading and reaching out, I realized that people were sincere. They were really great people. And um, and some greater than others, right? You know, and and, and some people have just been over the top fantastic and and uh I think that's what really resonated with me man it felt like this was a this was a because I wanted to approach this from a holistic standpoint I felt like this wasn't just about the food or just about a program that it was about the food about the relationships about dealing with what's going on in the inside of of who I am as a person and making somehow making all of this work together made a lot of sense to me at the at the time that's fantastic, man. And yeah. what I, I what I what I'd like to, to talk about a little bit, you know, is this idea of, you know, kind of taking a holistic approach, because I think one of the things that really stands out, you know, in talking about your story is like, you know, even, you know, as an adult, you realized that a lot of what your be how your behavior was influenced was, you know, by the, the little kid inside of you that, you know, felt abandoned and felt alone and and felt like didn't have, you know, those connections and couldn't make those connections. Like how, 
what what have you been doing to to work on, on what on those issues on like what you what you've identified there because I think the identification is a huge step and I'm just wondering like how how what does that healing look like for you like how are you not just working on what's on your plate but working on what's going on inside of you inside of me sure well when I when I first started down this process I literally made a list of of things all things that were trigger points for me you know from the food triggers to the abandonment issues of feeling alone um and you know i've always felt like i've also been the type of person that any time there was a really great opportunity in my life i would get to the doorstep of that great opportunity and i somehow would just implode i would self destruct and in and instead of walking through that door, walking through that next opportunity, somehow I would I would derail myself. And almost like there was a fear of of being better, you know, like, no, this is this is as good as it's going to get, Tony. You're just going to be this fat guy for the rest of your life with abandonment issues and everybody loves you. And hey, big keys in the house. And that became so much uh, you know, a part of my identity and everybody wants to, everybody wants a hug from big T and well, what a great smile. And, you know, and so you, you do all this, but inside, man, I was, I was, I was just, I was broken in a mess and dark and, you know, overdramatic and <laughs> all of those things. But I started, I started to list those things out of what are the things that, that, that are triggered. And I started looking at those things, you know, one by one. I also started reading a lot of things, um, you know, more like soul care, um, you know, books and, and, and things that have, have helped me. Um, I started asking my wife questions, you know, about like, Hey, when I'm faced with this, what has been my natural response for the last three decades? And, you know, Gourmet, the truth hurts, you know, I, I wanted brutal honesty, you know, from her, from my kids and then I also have some trusted friends that have been, you know, just a massive, like, influence in my life and stuff. And I started asking them questions as well. People that I that have rooted for me for several years started asking them, like, what do you what do you think about this? And how do you see this character in me? Is this a flaw in me? And so I really started to to deal with the human that I had that I had become, and everything that I I felt that I was not, and I. I even would say the person that I never wanted to become, I was definitely that person. And I didn't even realize that, that I had become that person. And I'm not this horrible guy. I'm not this, you know, mean, you know, I'm, I'm actually very nice and loving and caring. But had I, had I not dealt with some of these issues, I was going to be a, a, a nice, caring, dead guy. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to be, I was going to be thick, six feet deep if I didn't start dealing with, with, with some of these issues. And so through this process, um, you know, the food stuff aside, I really just started to look at each of these things inside of me and like, what needs to change? And so I would start asking those questions. I would, I would pray about it. I would meditate on it. I would go on walks and really think about just one thing for that day. And over the course of the last year and a half, you know, you don't always see it immediately. You don't always see the changes, Gourmet. But as time goes on, you start to realize, wow, I've, instead of it being a reaction, I think you and I talked about this the other day, you know, we start responding to things because I've always said that when we react to things, 
it's it comes out of that's always fear based right our reactions to things is always based out of fear and fear never leads to to anything good you know i'm going to start quoting yoda here in a second you know fear just just leads to all kinds of just messed up things in our life but when you start when you start to take when you start to go from a place of reacting to things and learning how to respond to things a response then helps you to sit for a moment and to look at whatever it is that that somebody might be facing and that's what i started to do instead of reacting and reaching for food and and reaching for all these mixed emotions i started to step back for a second i started to look at these things dead on and saying you know what i'm i'm done giving you the reaction side of me and i'm going to start responding to this and it might take me a month to get a a, a proper response to this but i'm done reacting to everything because every time i've reacted to anything bad in my life it's always resulted in some kind of uh explosion inside of me and then of course what is that what does that do well it implodes the people around you too right it hurts the people that love you the most that care for you the most and and i saw how some of the stuff that was going on in the inside of me was affecting everybody around me and people that I cared about. And so I've, I have, you know, I'm not perfect at it, man. You know, because two weeks ago when, when all this stuff started to happen in our world, I stepped in into a little bit of reactionary, but here's the difference. Instead of it completely derailing me, instead of it throwing me, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks of, of undoing myself again, it, it was a few days of of me reacting, realizing that I was reacting, stepping away from the reaction and then going, you know what, I need a new plan. This isn't working for me and I need to I need to stop in my tracks. And the fact that I was able to do that showed that the last year and a half of my life and the, the small little steps that I've taken each day are starting to come into play. And when you can step back and see the growth of your life, you go, oh, it's actually happening, happening. Something actually, you know, is taking place in my brain. This stuff that I've been reading about, the stuff I've been listening to, the stuff I've been trying to implement, it's staining my brain once and for all. It is becoming the new me. It is becoming the new part of who I am. And, and so all of that combined is, is part of the process, part of the journey to becoming whole. When we could step out of being so reactionary, here's the crazy part too, Gormy, is that some of the reactions of our lives don't even have to do with, you know, don't even have to do with food and and weight and stuff. It's how we approach life in general, from our jobs to our relationships. If you have kids, if you have a spouse, you know, like it's it's how we it's how we do everything in life. And if we're if we're constantly just reacting to everything in our life, we're never going to get too far, and nothing's going to look good in our lives. But when we actually start to respond, I think that's where real change starts to happen. And that's, man, I'm still a student. I'm still learning, um, but, I, but I am learning to respond over reacting. And it's, I think it's been the difference maker for me. And when you can recognize that in, in, in your life, I think that's when real change starts to happen. Um, and it has for me. And Tony, what are, what are the biggest changes you're noticing in your life? Like, what are the things that come to the surface for you when you think about what's different about Tony right now and Tony a uh, hundred pounds ago? I think uh, I think Tony a hundred pounds ago was. I, I feel like I was a you know a Walking Dead episode. I was just I was I was living, but I was but I was dead on the inside. 
you know, I, I preach about passion. I preach about destiny. I, I tell people that they got to go out and live their best life. And there I was not listening to my own advice to the own, my, the own things that I was saying out to the world, you know? And so I think something that's changed from those moments is I don't feel like I'm, I, I don't even, here's the crazy part. And I'm going to try not to get emotional here, but I look back at those older pictures and some of the things, even on social media that I posted and stuff, and I don't even recognize that person anymore. I don't even know who that person is. I mean, I do, and yet I don't because I don't feel like I'm even close to who that guy was anymore. And I feel I'm so much more just alive on the inside. I have so much more purpose to my life. I have so much more joy and happiness. I I have just my resolve of becoming a better person, a better human being is actually a real thing that's happening. It's not just some, it's not just some statement on some Instagram posts. It's actually something that's, that's becoming a real part of who I am. Um, my, I think my approach to every part of my life from relationships to my job, to the things, other opportunities that are coming up, I'm no longer that guy standing in the doorway saying you have a new opportunity and then I just blow myself up before I even take step. Now I'm the person that has my hand on the doorknob. I'm walking through the door and I'm and I'm having to look around. And I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm going, this is amazing. This has been waiting for me my whole life. I feel like everything that I've done, Gourmet, has brought me to these moments today and and for the moments that that are that are in front of me. And everything that has happened in my life now has positioned me for what's ahead. And I think for the first time in my life, I'm really excited about all of those things. And my identity no longer is being a fat guy. My identity is no longer being, hey, big T's in the house. My identity now is 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 looking at my life and saying, I want to be I want to be a whole person and I want to continue to pour into people. But I feel like now I'm going to be able to pour into people with just a completely different mindset. You know, you can't be you can't be a, a pastor or a life coach or any of the, you know, who wants a fat life coach? Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, wow, thanks for the advice. You know, TJ, um, how are you doing inside? You know, and so it's, you know, those are the those are the things that are changing inside of me, man. Oh, and that's that all really sounds incredibly powerful. And I'm so happy for you, man. And you're right. Like when you come to that little end piece, like if if the person talking to you about, you know, changing your life is clearly not changing their own life or dealing with other challenges, like the sad reality is it's hard to build that trust. It's hard to see, you know, past those issues. Like, I think that's kind of how our, our culture operates, sadly. Like, it's the same way, like I've had um, doctors before that were as overweight as I was. And they're talking to me about my weight. And I'm like, okay, but if this is the way to do it, why aren't you doing it? You know, if well, I don't like, you know, and I, I don't mean to say that I, I know I'm going to have someone be like, well, that's mean, you know, you know, bigger people can do a lot of things and I'm not saying they can't, but I'm talking about like culture and perception in our, you know, in our world is a big thing, like in our, in our reality, like, so it is hard to kind of sometimes bridge those gaps, you know, those, those logic gaps sometimes for people. Um, I think those those changes you're talking about are really powerful, man. And what I'm actually curious about too, Lynn, that is, 
you know, you talked about asking your wife questions about, you know, how you used to react and you've been married for almost 30 years and you have three daughters. Like what, how have things changed? How do you think the changes in your life have impacted your wife and your, your children? Well, I think that, I think they got so used to a, a dead man walk-in. It was just part of, it was just part of their norm. And they didn't have, they didn't have anything to compare it to. They just knew who I was for all, you know, especially, especially my kids. And, and of course my wife, you know, because it was all they knew. They only knew, my girls only knew me to be a guy that had weight issues. And I don't ever think they I don't think they looked at it as dad had, you know, was fat or dad had weight issues. They just, that's what they knew. It was their norm. But as they started, but as they started to see the change in me and they started to see the excitement and they started to see this, this fire that started to kind of become birth. I think my wife and my kids, they started to see this new person with a new perspective, with a new uh, look on life. And I remember my my oldest was doing a college uh, leadership internship um, at Disney um, in Anaheim. And so she was she was living at Disney, working at Disney. You know, what a what a dream job. Right. And we got to go uh, last year. We got to go um, go to Disneyland and, and see her and had hadn't seen her in a few months. And she she knew I was already on the process of losing weight. But anyway, she she came and picked us up at the airport and she came and she gave me just this giant hug, rested her head in, in my chest. And she looks up at me. And she goes, I've never been able to put my arms around you all the way and let my fingertips touch. This is the first time. And she just looked at me and she told me how proud she was of me. And of course, being the emotional, emotional wreck that I am, that was just, you know, the waterworks just started to go. And so I think, I think they have seen, you know, the, the difference in me, the excitement and the opportunities that, that, that this is all bringing. And, um, I think they liked the new me. I think they loved the old me, but I think, I think they are really starting to fall more and more in love with the person that I'm becoming because now they can compare the two and like, wow, like we loved the old guy because that's all we knew. But this new guy, he's, he's different. He's changing. He's not this reactionary monster all the time on this emotional roller coaster. And don't get me wrong, there's still days where I'm an emotional roller coaster, but but I'm responding to those things way way differently. And I think they're they're definitely noticing that. Well, I think that makes so much sense, man, because I, I think sometimes and and I think this is a touchy subject for people. And I I I think for either of us, this is something we can discuss openly. But I think for a lot of people, like when you start to talk about how your weight and your behaviors related to it affect your family and your loved ones, people immediately want to be like, well, people should just mind their own business, you know, and it shouldn't affect them and it shouldn't have anything to do with that. But the reality is, you know, when you're, you know, when I was a, basically a physical recluse that affected the people that I loved, you know, me, my ability to be there for them, my ability to support them, like, my ability to 100% support them because I was so wrapped up in myself and what I was doing. Like there's, there's a cost that I don't think we think about. And I, I, I don't want this to be controversial, but you know, maybe it's not, but I think it is something to think about for people. Like it is okay to think about how changing your life is going to change the lives of other people for the better. Like, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's codependent. And I don't think that's like putting too much responsibility on a person. 
But I think it's like you're saying, thinking about like this, your whole being and thinking about as when we think about a holistic experience of our lives, it's also about who we're connected with and what we give to the people we work with and what we give to the people we worship with and what we give to the people we live with every day. Like it changes. It, it literally does change. And I think, I think it's okay to acknowledge that. And I think it's okay. You know, it doesn't mean that a person should beat themselves up and be like, oh, well, then am I a bad person because of X, Y, and Z? Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is understand that the benefits to yourself when you make, when you create a healthier life for yourself, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all of that, you create a better life for the people around you. You know, you create more opportunity for them. And I think that's, that's an important lesson that sometimes we forget because especially when you're on a weight loss journey, it can be, you can become very self-focused and very much about, you know, how is my food affecting me and how is my weight affecting me and how is this affecting me? And I think that's an easy place to go to. But I think when you, when you do look at the bigger picture and think about what you're now able to give to other people, that's a benefit. And that's something that, you know, is almost like becomes another motivating factor, like knowing that you can participate more in their lives. Absolutely. I think that, you know, as you were as you were talking about that right now, the the thing I, I was that that I thought of was, you know, I want to constantly be in a place where I'm giving the people that matter the most to me the best version of who I am. I want to I want to be positioned to be the best that I possibly can be. And like you said, not in a codependent way, not in a you know uh, self righteous or even like, hey, I'm the hero of the day, I'm Mister Incredible kind of way, but just giving people the best part of who I am. And I think for too many years, I, I shortchanged people. Like I was still, I was still me, but I, but you know, where was I, you know, if you were to put a percentage, was I, was I giving 50% of who I was? Was I giving 25% of who I was? I want to be giving people 110% of, of who I am. And there was no way that was ever going to be achieved at 362, you know? And so th what you're saying, man, really, really resonates with me. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, my friend. And Tony, we've talked a lot about kind of where your journey started and where it took you to and where you're at right now. But where do, where do things go from here for Tony? You know, you're almost you're 99 pounds. We're, we're going to we're going to stick to that, you know, you know, one pound away from 100 down. But where do things go from here for Tony? Like, what do you have lined up for you down the road? So I, I really feel like this, I feel like the hundred, you know, hundred pound mark is, was, was one thing. And now I think the next part of this journey is something I've learned very quickly. You know, you start, you start feeling, a, you know, something that keto does is you start feeling a little overconfident because sometimes you have these big, these big numbers People uh, at work and on the street are saying, hey, man, you're losing weight. Hey, you look good. Hey, this, hey, that, you know, and all of a sudden you're feeling you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Right. And so then you start to say, oh, you know what? I don't know if I need to track as much this week or I think I could probably get by with having a little of this in my diet or, hey, this is keto friendly. Why don't I try this and eat, two, you know, and so some of those bad habits now take on new identities, you know, morphed it, morphed into this keto diet, but some of the issues are still the same, you know, laziness, um, lack of accountability, lack of control, 
you know, those, those start to do. And so what I've realized very quickly, Gormy, is that I, I don't have a lot of wiggle room. My body does not respond well to any kind of wiggle room. And so as, as focused and as, as hard as I've gone to this point, I feel like this next phase for me is going to have to be um, even more so focused, being extra mindful of what I am putting in my body, how I'm treating my body, how I'm getting physical, um, you, you know, exercise. And, and then, and then, you know, from the holistic standpoint, from the inside stuff, continue to dive deep into that even, even deeper, even more and not get lax because a little bit in this journey in this year and a half, there's been a week here and a week there where I, I did do that. You know, I did kind of lax. I didn't track as much. I didn't drink the water. And I realized my body's going, stop, you can't do this. It's, it's, it's not okay. You're You know, those are old patterns morphed into new things and you, you can't do it, my friend. And so I've recognized that. And so, um, I, that's, I'm going to just be hyper-focused until I get to a place where I'm, you know, where I feel healthy and I can call it maintenance or whatever. And then once I get to that point, we'll deal with that when I get there, you know, but, 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 you know, that's the thing. And, and I don't know if you can relate to that, man, but you know, people start, you know, seeing that weight loss and you start feeling pretty good about yourself. Like, yeah, you know what, you know, I'm in a different size, I'm in a different size shirt. I went down a pant, a pant size. I think I can have a little more of this, or I can have a little more of that. And your body's going, no, you, you can't because those are some of the same issues you had before. And just because it's keto or it's labeled something keto, it doesn't, it's the same, it's the same issue. And so I've, I've recognized that. And so those are, those are patterns, man. You know, again, going back to reaction versus response on my response to what is in front of me is, is going to be that I'm going to just be really focused on track, making goals, being accountable. I'm not going to stop, you know, I'm not going to stop asking questions. Um, so of course, Gormy, you, you'll get DMS for me, you know, Hey, I, uh, I have, I have the question of the day. It's just, it's part of the journey and that's been part of the story. And I'm not going to stop doing that. That is a great way to look at what you've got going forward, man. And I definitely relate to that. Like I, I did carnivore February and part of that was eating intuitively on carnivore, like seeing how I, my, my body responded to that. And it went really well, kind of like calorie intake wise and that sort of and energy level and all of that. Like, I don't think I felt the magic, but you know, I didn't commune with the beef gods that I think some people do when they go full carnivore. But I felt, you know, like a greater control of food. And I felt and I think that I got cocky. And I'm like, okay, now March, let's, let's go, you know, back to keto, but let's do keto intuitively now instead of tracking. And let's see how that goes. You know, you kind of know what your portion should be. And I immediately then that's when all the stressors started coming into my life. You know, the possibility of losing my apartment and, you know, the virus and family issues and losing both of my jobs. And I immediately turned to food. And it was keto food for the most part, but I was still abusing it. And like, I think you're right. Like, I, I definitely think there are times where we build our confidence up and we get a little cocky and we think, totally, I can totally do this. But I think the difference is when you're able to realize that you're doing that quicker and put the brakes on 
you know, so I immediately, you know, after a couple, a couple of days of really kind of screwing off was like, I need to track, you know, I need to go back to tracking, like, let's set, you know, go, go, let me go back into my spreadsheet and look at what my maintenance macros are and immediately go back there and, you know, look at what I do, I want to cut it back a little bit, like, let's get on the scale. I haven't done that. And, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, like, let's actually face all of this. Like, I think we as much as we want to say we change, like those patterns and challenges still exist. And I think it was, it was very, it was at the, the beginning of our conversation that you, you mentioned, you know, maintenance being, you know, as challenging. And I think it is like, and I think sometimes people take that for granted and they think that there's a fix that happens when you hit maintenance. And I, I just really want people to know that like the challenge, the amount of energy and you need to put into what you're doing doesn't really change. It just transforms what you're putting energy into. Like there's still challenges, and if you feel like you're you're going into maintenance without challenges, you're setting yourself up for a fall. Like I think like that attitude is 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 blind to what's really going to be around you. Like there's still going to be challenges. You're still going to face some of the same ones and different ones. There are things that are completely different that come up when you get into that different phase. Like, but I think that awareness that you've built is something that you'll be able to carry with you. You know, when you get to that, when you realize that you're at that point and you want to make that transition, I feel like because you're thinking about everything from every angle, you know, and from that holistic approach, you're going to set yourself up, you know, for more success than you've had in the past, man, because you're not just thinking about what is the number on the scale. Right. Exactly. It can't be, it can't just be about that. It can't at the end of the day, it really can't. And that that's not to say the scale isn't important. You know, we can't stand on the scale at 400 pounds and say, everything's fine, you know, because I've got everything great mentally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great mentally, relationship wise, spiritually, all of those things are really great in line. But yeah, maybe I'm 400, 450 pounds, you know, I'm fine. You know, no, there's, there's things to worry about with scale numbers. But it doesn't mean that you have to, like, I, I guess for me, what I've tried to come to with the scale is I, I see it as another data point in this, this journey that I'm on. Like, it's another piece of information it's not a piece of information that controls my mood or my emotions. It doesn't allow me, you know, like you, you were talking about, like, I don't react to that number. I respond to that number. You know, I look at that number as something that lets me know where I am, but it doesn't define me as a person. And I think that's a big place to get to because we, it's very easy, especially when, you know, you've got a hundred pounds to lose, you know, you're, you're on that journey, you know, you've got like a, a, a fair, a fairly lengthy journey ahead of you. It's easy to get wrapped up in, oh, the scale didn't move that much this week. I'm a bad person. You have to divorce yourself of that and really start thinking about it as this is another piece of information. Like my macros are information. You know, the amount of exercise I'm doing is information. And the number on the scale is information. It's a, 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 re a relation of the pull of gravity on your body. It's not an emotional judge telling you that you're a good or a bad person. Right. Absolutely. Uh, man, I, I just, I love your reflection on that because I think so many times we get so wrapped up in that because <laughs> we all have identity issues on, on some level, you know, and so many times our identity does come from these single uh, components of, of our weight loss journey, whether it be the scale or, or whatever it may be, but we jump on that scale, we see that number and now whether it's up or whether it hasn't moved, all of a sudden we, you know, we go back to that idea of like, somehow I have failed. Somehow I am a failure. Somehow this, this is just the way it's always been in my life. But when you start to 
understand that that's that there's no truth to that and you start to understand that that's really just a lie being being told to yourself and you could start calling it for what it is i think that's i think that's where the real change can happen and i think that's when our identity stops becoming about these one dimensional parts of this it's it is a dimension but it's not the only dimension of it and it's not only one part of of how we measure things that's why i always love seeing people's post about you know their non-skill victories because that's what we should be celebrating. Yes, let's celebrate the weight loss, but what else? You know, you know, for me going from, you know, going from a size a tight, you know, 48 pants to uh, a size 36, uh you know, my my mother-in-law said it best. She's like, "Tony, you've lost an entire foot on your waist." You know, that I mean, that that that's an you know, that's a, that's an incredible accomplishment, but at the same time, I hop on the scale that week and let's say I'm up, you know, four tenths of a pound. Now, does does all of that get dismantled because uh, I'm I'm up some water weight for the day? You know, and so we have to start to approach, you know, how we're seeing things. And I think when we start to turn the corner and we start to look at these things as just as as one part of this and not allow it to define us, like you said. Um, I think that's when we really start to make the real change on the outside and on the inside. I love that, man. I think that's very, very well put. Well, Tony, we've been we've been talking for about an hour now, so I I want to give you a chance to you know we're I, I'd like to kind of move us to just you know getting to the like some final thoughts in terms of like what do you think are like if if I were to ask you like what are the two biggest lessons of this journey you've been on what would you say they are well to the two biggest lessons I think I've learned is that that at some point um along our journey we we have to care enough about ourselves to make you know real changes in our lives because I think if we if we just have you know flown up the surrender flag and just said, this is, this is as good as it gets. It's not going to get any better than that. And and you've given up on yourself. I feel like if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, that if that's, if that's somewhere that uh, even where you're at, that, that, that's such a lie. And you, you got to care for yourself because every person in, in life, we've all been given the opportunity to live, live a great life and to be the best that we can and you know what, Gormy, life has the ability to take the very best parts of who we are away. You know, things get thrown at us. We, you know, even like your story this week, losing jobs, the threat of losing, you know, your apartment. There's so many things and circumstances around us all the time that 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 shape us and, and try to derail us and stuff. But it's not, you know, for me, it's I've learned to start like actually living that life and, and stepping into the person that I've always wanted to become. And because, man, I, I didn't, I did not like the person I was before. I didn't like, you know, who I had become. And, it, you know, sometimes it does, you got to get to, you, sometimes you got to get to the, the bottom places of your life to rock bottom, to start making, making the changes. And maybe for a lot of people that are listening, you know, they might be facing with that. They might be halfway into their journey. They might be 20 pounds away from being in maintenance. And yet some of the struggles are the same. Some of those things still haunt us. And so for me, I've realized that, that I just want to, I want to live, 
I want to live a good life. And in order for me to do that, I had to start caring about, about me because I realized that if I started to care about me, the people that I actually care about and the people that I work with and the people that I pour into, they're going to get the best version of me if I just hit pause on the madness that I've been doing for the last three decades, you know? And so I think that's, I think that's the one thing that I've learned. The other thing that I've learned is that I've realized that, um, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own and being a part of the keto community has been such a big part of of this journey um there's just so much positivity out there there's so many resources i want to constantly be in a position where i'm learning and i'm growing and i'm listening and learning um and and realizing that community is important no matter if you're an extrovert introvert you know whatever that may be community i feel like is one of the most important things of course i have a support here at home and and so there's community that's that's tangible that I can physically reach out and touch, but even from the online formats and um, you know building that community, educating yourself, asking real questions, and and not being afraid with with who I am, and being okay to put it out there for other people to see, um, has has been a big part of 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 this journey for me. I love that man. And and Tony, I really just I want to before we even, you know, talk about how people can find you and we got to do the Fat Guy 5. Uh, I just want to say thank you for for bringing your story to the show today. Like I I think a lot of what you said is going to resonate with people out there. And I hope uh, that there's some lessons that they can take away from your experiences because I, I think it's clear that you have and I I can only imagine the number of people that this will be will be a help to. So I just really want to say thank you. Yes. Oh, well, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come and, and, and connect the dots and, and tell the story. You know, I, I always say that it, it is in our stories that connect all of us. And, and Gormy, your story is different than mine and mine's different than yours. But there are elements apart, you know, that are about all of our stories, right? And they connect us. And, and there are so many days where you might post something that just completely resonates with me. And I go, man, that's so true. And then that then comes out in some kind of deep reflection on a post that I make. And then somebody else reaches out and says, wow, Tony, that that really inspired me to, you know, stop reacting to this area of my life. And I'm learning how to respond. And so it's just this beautiful domino effect that starts to happen. And I just, you know, just the idea that I was going to be able to come on the the Fat Guy Forum. and um, you know, I don't want to get I don't want to get too sappy here, buddy. But, you know, when people start saying when people start saying, hey, you know, what what is what are your heroes like? Who who do, who do they look like? And and I, I can, you know, boldly and sincerely say that 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 Gormy is, has really become a hero to me. And that's not me sucking up to you. It's 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 me saying heroes come, obviously, in all shapes and sizes. And a lot of and, and a lot of them don't wear capes. and. And, uh, um, but having somebody like you and so many others that, that can tell their story and to be okay with saying, Hey, here's the good part of me, but Hey, on this other page, here's the, here's the not so good parts of me as well. 
Here's been the success story and here's been the daily struggles and the grind and the real parts of life, because I think we need both. You, you know, if if we just went out there and just said, hey, this is how I'm succeeding. I've lost all this weight and stuff. But we never talked about the 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 dark moments of our lives and the struggles and the headspace. Then then we're not accomplishing much. And I feel like, you know, you've done that. The Fat Guy Forum has introduced us to so many people from all over the place. And uh, man, I'm just grateful for you, buddy. Just wanted to say that up front. Well, I truly appreciate that, man. So thank you. I do, you know, you honor me. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to connect with you after hearing this episode. So Tony, how can people find you? Well, I'm on, um, I'm on Instagram uh, at Keto, Keto Collide. And I'm, uh, I'm on Facebook too, just as Tony Jacobs. I don't really do a whole lot of keto stuff on, on Facebook. Um, but Instagram really is, is my, is my source of community. So, you know, at Keto Collide, uh, come hook me up, you know, come look me up. (laughs) I just said, hook me up and, uh, come and, (laughs) and, um, I, I do have a private account because, as you know, there's there's a lot of crazy people <laughs> out there. I get all kinds of, oh my goodness, the amount of crazy requests I get in a day is is insane. But uh, feel free to feel yeah, feel free to hit me up, and I will accept you, and I will follow you back. I am not one of these people that I am not, and you'll see the numbers. I'm not looking to, in uh, you know. Uh, be all about, you know, how many followers I have. I just want to connect with real people with real stories that have real life happening in the struggle. And so I'd I'd love to connect with all of you. It starts with a connection. It starts with a reach out. That's how you and I, you know, connected, Gormy. It was just from me reaching out and saying, dude, thanks. You're inspiring me, you know, and 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 then that builds into into a friendship and and uh man, so thankful. Well, there we go, man. And I will definitely put a link to your Instagram profile in the show notes for this episode. Tony, though, are you ready for the Fat Guy Five? Man, let's do this. Here. Unless, unless you've, uh, unless you've, you've mixed it up a little bit because I haven't yet. I have, yeah. I, I, well, the funny thing is, <laughs> you, you'll and you'll appreciate this. So, I asked for for people to suggest new questions for the Fat Guy Five, and it was clear to me that a lot of people making suggestions had never listened to the show. And so they were the the questions they were suggesting are things that are like, why did you start your weight loss journey? And what have been the challenges <laughs> on your weight loss journey? And I'm like, you don't think we talk about that before oh, we get to the man. end of the episode? I'm like, the end of, these are these are supposed to be five rapid fire questions. I also I also had to chuckle. I had I had someone a uh, follow someone that, that's been following me for a while that I follow, you know, someone I've connected with before. He misinterpreted what was going on. And he just answered the fat guy five. And I said, I appreciate your, I appreciate your answers, but that's not what this was. And he laughed. We, we had a good chuckle. We had a good, we had a good chuckle of it. He's like, Oh my God. He goes, I just thought it was another meme kind of thing going around. Like, you know, with everything happening with the virus, like, so it just, it, it cracked me up. Yeah. So, so I'm waiting through some ideas that's that awesome. I have and talking to some people like, some probably sometime over the next week or so, I'll I'll have it cemented, and you know we'll we'll see what happens. But you're getting yes. you're getting to answer the vintage questions today, man. Vintage. Okay. So sounds good, man. Here we go. Question number one of the Fat Guy Five: Living or dead, Tony? Who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, Gormy, this is going to just sound like such a suck up, but it's you, buddy. 
you, <laughs> you know, and, and, and the cool part about that is that you're not, you're not that guy anymore. And that's, I think that's why you're my favorite. So, cause you were, and you made a difference and you're making a difference in the world. Well, I, so. I will accept that. And I will, I will move us on to question two before I get sappy. Um, Question number two okay. t- today, Tony, <laughs> thinking back to, you know, 99 pounds ago, what was your quintessential fat guy meal? Oh, man, there were so many of them. But I was thinking about this one the other day because I was craving it so bad. But I would I would make about three or four packs of the uh, crappy top ramen. You know, and I would have this massive, giant bowl that was used for making you know like cookies and cake batter and stuff like that it was massive and i would just set it on top of my fat stomach and i would sit there at 11:30 at night and i would eat you know four you know four packages of of, of top ramen that that was my that was like my go-to man and let me ask, <laughs> let, let me ask because i'm always curious with people with ramen were you did you make the okay. did you make it a broth or did you just put the seasoning on the noodles what what was your your way to go oh no i Oh man, I poured all kinds of stuff in there. I would, you know, I would put the season packet, but then I, I would add, I'd add sriracha and soy sauce and and garlic pepper and and tons of regular pepper, um, some of the Cajun seasoning sometimes, just different things, and I would really take it up a notch. Oh yeah, I always thought I always thought I was being very, you know, was I was having a cul- I was a culinary genius with ramen because I would be like, you know, make, make a <laughs> make a make a couple packages of ramen, add the seasoning packets. Add half a stick of butter, yeah. add soy sauce, add, and then my big thing was adding peanut butter, add, you know, because it made it like a, pe- oh. a, a peanut noodle and it was so exotic and ooh, yes. aren't I fancy eating my, oh yeah, like it was, <laughs> it's still something that haunts me, I think a little bit, like, I, you know, I walked by the peanut butter aisle or the ramen aisle and I'm like, ooh, I miss them together. Um but I, I obviously I don't miss them that much. Let me throw let me throw this in there. So on 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 special nights, not only would I do the four packs of of ramen, but if my wife had gone to Costco, she would sometimes buy those frozen pot stickers, and I would grab a I would literally grab a dozen of them and I would throw them into the ramen. Oh, so wow. now I got the yeah yeah. Now we're taking it like to a completely different level. I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine the calorie count on that. And but that that was that was that was definitely taking it up a notch. But yeah, that was my go-to, man. There we go, man. Question number three, Tony. Speaking to the guy who's out there, who is the the Tony ninety nine pounds ago, the guy in your shoes. What is your number one piece of advice to help that person get their journey started? Your life matters. You matter as a person. You have to you got to come to grips with understanding that you were created for a purpose bigger than you could even possibly imagine. Life is waiting for you. Relationships, opportunities, you know, it's never too late. You know, I turned, I turned 50 this year and it's never too late to start this journey. Um, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to the people around you. Um, and even if it even if it looks ugly and messy, you know, because it's going to be because you got a lot to deal with. But just take the first step and start making some choices that are going to better who you are as a person. It, it, it might not look 
like much at first, but you're going to start to to start making a difference over the course of time. And every choice and every response that you make will make a difference to your life as a whole. So if you're if you're looking right now and you're looking for opportunities, just stop making excuses and start telling yourself that you matter more than any of this. Your life, your life is bigger than top ramen and pot stickers and Twinkies and, and, and gosh, even peanut butter. And we all love peanut butter, you know, like it, it matters, it matters, you know, and you matter. So that, that would be my advice, man. There we go. Question number four, Tony, what podcast, YouTube channel, influencer, Instagram account, book, whatever it is, would you recommend to someone that needs motivation? And I'm going to say, you can't say this podcast or me. <laughs> that's fine um because i already did so i think people already get it. and if they're listening they, they already they already know who you are but um been listening been listening a lot to um and, and a lot of people outside of the, the keto world might not be familiar with her because um her name is dr carolyn leaf uh and carolyn is a she's a brain specialist and she's very smart uh and sometimes can be a little bit heady but she does simplify the ideas of how our brain works and how every part of our brain function um, affects who we are as people. And she does talk a lot about, about fitness and, and, and nutrition and those kind of things. But that has helped me so much because I'm understanding how my brain thinks a lot more. So I've really been, I've been watching her, her stuff, her podcast, and just go look up uh, Carolyn Leaf and a whole bunch of different things will, will pop up. As far as influencers on 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 here, um, man, I got to give a I got to give a shout out to uh, you know low low carb you know Kara you know Kara has is is just been an amazing she's just an amazing person with a beautiful story always takes the time to uh, reach out uh, to me and um, you know has just been uh, just just a great you know influence to me. Um, just like watching what she says, so much positivity. If you're ever having a bad day, you just go watch her story for a few minutes and it it just goes, okay, life's good. Like it's not as bad as I thought after watching that, you know, like this is, I feel so much more inspired now. Um, and, and honestly, Gormy, there, there are countless, you know, accounts on, on here. In fact, if you, if you guys come to, to my account and friend me, pretty much, I would say 90% of the people that are on there just have amazing stories and are willing and able to, to help you along the way. Um, so I just think start built. Yeah. Start building community and don't be afraid to reach out to people because um, we're all in this together. I always say that to everybody on here that we're all, we're doing this together. We are not alone. You know, we are not alone. And that's something that I had to really believe for myself dealing with all this stuff from the past. So Com, you know, commit to building community. It's going to help. There we go, man. And the last question of the day for you, Tony, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Oh, man. So uh, only I can only pick one? Only one. <laughs> only one. Uh, only one. Okay. Well, um, I I am one semester away from graduating with my master's degree in organizational leadership. Awesome. And so, so my goal is to actually, you know, finish well, cross that finish line 
and and then see you know what opportunities are are next for me through through that platform. That sounds fantastic, man, and I I have no doubt you're going to do it. That really really sounds awesome. So Tony, thank, yeah, you. thank you, thank you so much for your time today. I have really appreciated getting to dive a little deeper into your story and sharing it with the the FACI Forum audience. And I, I just look forward to you know seeing what what comes for you on all levels uh, through the next year. It's, I'm, I know it's going to be great to watch. Yeah, well, Gorm, thank you so much, man, for for having me and having this opportunity. And uh, really, in some ways, it's it's kind of a dream come true. It's just it's getting our stories out there. I think it's what connects all of us. And so I hope that even a small part of of what I shared today will resonate with somebody that listens in and, and that it, it it starts to make some change for other people's lives. There we go, man. So everyone out there, you know me as, as Gourmet. You can find me on Instagram as well when you're going to look for Tony. Find me too at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can connect with me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. And you can also email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. If you're listening on an Apple device, please drop a rating and a comment on the on the episode or on the on the podcast in general that helps get us in front of some more people. So in addition to that, please my friends, do something today to amaze yourselves because remember you are amazing people. We'll catch you again soon on the Fat Guy Forum.